go. Welcome to the Let's Go Hockey podcast. I'm your host, Danny Heath of Project Hockey. And I'm Pete Cammon of Elevated Hockey. And today we've got a pretty exciting guest here. We had the opportunity to bring on Mr. Teddy Bluger of the Pittsburgh Penguins, the NHL. So this is a really cool interview. We got to talk through a lot of different things about his career um, and his time from all different levels and, and growing up in Latvia as a player and, and all what brought him to the NHL. But Peter, what's, uh, what was kind of your big moment for the talk? Yeah, something I was excited about was when Teddy jumped into just the difference between playing high school hockey at Shattuck St. Mary's and making that jump right into college hockey and how he dealt with that and, and the differences there. And then he took it another step further about the, the difference between going from college hockey and preparing for the pro game uh, into the AHL and then eventually now where he is at the NHL level with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So uh, I was I was super excited and it gave me a lot of knowledge there. Were there any big, big exciting moments for you? What was what was on your mind? Yeah, I think one of the the part that I really enjoyed was it was near the end of the talk. We were we were discussing kind of his his advice for younger players in youth hockey and in high school and junior hockey age players, and and then also for youth hockey coaches. Um, and kind of talked about his his advice for those those players and, and coaches and and how they can kind of develop their relationship with each other to be uh, to develop their game. Then, so I thought that was a pretty cool insight from a guy that's that's you know obviously finding success at the highest level. For sure. And if you want to hear that advice, make sure you stick around. That's more towards the end of the podcast. But before we dig into Teddy and his interview, we want to give a thanks and a shout out to Gelsticks. Gelsticks is the number one weighted training aid in all of sports. They make hockey, golf, and lacrosse shafts. The big thing is their hockey sticks, you can get the same curve, flex, height, lie. It's, it's the same hockey stick you use. They just created a training aid filled it with gel and made it two and a half times heavier. So now you have to follow through on your shots. You have to be true on your passes and you have to build strength in different positions that you can only get with using the gel sticks. So thanks to gel sticks, check them out. Gelsticks.com, J E L S T X.com at gel sticks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So without further ado, what do you say we dig into this? Let's go, Danny. Let's go. Let's go. All right, welcome to the Let's Go Hockey podcast. Today we welcome our guest Teddy Bluger from Riga, Latvia, former Shattuck St. Mary's alumni, also alumni of the greatest college in the world, Minnesota State University. Played in World Juniors three times for his home country and the World Championships another three times. Second round draft pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins and currently having his best season in the NHL with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Teddy Bluger, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being Absolutely. on. We're excited to have you here today. Well, let's Absolutely. just jump into it, Teddy. Uh, Teddy, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. Um, if you can, give our give the listeners a little background uh, about you, kind of your your upbringing, where you came from playing-wise, and, and step-by-step walk through to the, where you are today playing uh, for the Penguins. Uh, yeah, so like Danny said, I was born in Riga, grew up there, um, played all my youth hockey there, until I was 14. Um, so ninth grade, I moved to Shattuck um, and then played my high school hockey there, four years there. Then moved on to Mankato, four years at Mankato. After that, uh, I was fortunate enough to sign with Pittsburgh and then I spent better part of three years in, in Wilkes-Barre and then the last about season and a half up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
so it's kind of it's a pretty I, I would call it being from the United States it's not um, not the typical way that U.S. players do it right like most U, U.S. players go play their high school hockey and then then they'll play a couple two three years out of juniors um, or out of high school and they'll play that junior career but you made that jump right from Shattuck so right from high school right right into the WCHA and so if you want to kind of talk about that a little bit and just um, the difference in how it was and, and how you were able to make that jump so smoothly and, and I guess anything you want to toss in there. Yeah. I mean, I think it was tough. I think, I mean, it happens, I guess, depends on the schools. I feel like some schools have a lot of our decent amount of true freshmen, obviously Mankato didn't have a lot, but um, I mean, I remember I was super excited about it and um, obviously Shattuck was pretty high level for high school hockey so that helped a lot and great coaching there and um but I think I think it was tough when I first came in I think it was a bit of a wake-up call to be honest same as when I came from playing youth hockey in Latvia to Shattuck it was a bit of a wake-up call because I went from being one of the best players to got to Shattuck when I was 14 and I wasn't that good to be honest compared to everyone else so um I think same thing happened as Man at Mankato it's just the pace of the game was so much faster guys were so much bigger and stronger that um you know it was it was a lot harder to hold on to pucks protect pucks uh make plays like guys are smarter they're reading you better um so I think those I mean the first two years for sure were a bit of an adjustment um I think my second my sophomore year even I had four goals two of which were empty netters so not very good um but yeah, yeah I mean, count. what? They still count though. Yeah, they still count. I, I shouldn't have said that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, at times it was a struggle, but I think, you know, it worked out. It was a good challenge. And, um, in the end, obviously I was find find a way to adjust and, and get better and, um, figure out a way to be a good player at that level. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's kind of a unique thing, right? College hockey where you can be 21 years old as a freshman, but I think you were, were you 17 or you turned 18 by then? I turned 18 by the time the season started. Yeah. Okay. So, and so you're 18 years old playing against, I mean, some guys are 24, 25 still playing, playing college hockey yeah. and just that's, that's the way it is, but pretty yeah. interesting. But I think that would better prepare someone, especially when you make that jump. Um, so when you graduated, you were, 21 22 maybe I was 21 yeah 21 yeah and so now you make that jump to professional hockey and obviously there's no age limit there so you're playing against guys that are 30 plus years old I'm sure and so can you talk about that a little bit and the difference of the college game into the professional game and, and even the difference from the AHL to the NHL and just how how you've dealt with that yeah I mean I think you know going from high school to college probably the biggest difference was probably physically just the physicality I went from playing against like you know 17 16 year olds to like you said like 24 25 year olds on some teams um, you know most guys in their early 20s but I think physically you know that was the biggest difference whereas going to pro um, I think it was more mentally and just like the overall skill level um, I think you know guys are so smart you hardly see guys making um, mistakes or you know they're really good at reading you um, they know kind of what to look for and you know taking away passing lanes or even making passes through you like if I was on the penalty kill guys 
it was tough at first because guys are so good at, you know, getting a three or triangle, um, making you think they're passing one way and then passing it a different way. Um, just kind of little subtle things like that, that I think you kind of, uh, it takes some time to adjust to and figure out, um, what you're looking for out there or how to do those things yourself. Uh, so I think that was kind of the biggest thing going to pro. And then obviously, um, it's just like a whole different world. You go from, you know, just living with your four, four roommates, um, in college town to, yeah. you know, you got guys that are married with kids on your team and it's just like right. a different dynamic. So that was interesting too. But I mean, honestly, I, I loved every second of it. It's all you do is just, you know, there's no homework, no class. It's just hockey the whole time. Um, and I think I was very fortunate because in Wilkesbury, I mean, the whole time I was there every year, we had a really good team and the guys mm -hmm. were great. Like we had a lot of fun together. We were, you know, you're competing against each other for, for a call up to pit, but that kind of didn't get in the way of our relationships off the ice and, um, you know, the good times we had there. And then as far as like AHL to NHL, I mean, it's just, I would say it's kind of both of those things combined, like physically and, uh, you know, especially mentally, like the pace of the game is just quicker. Um, any mistake you make, it, you know, you get punished for a split second. Like a misread, you leave someone open. Um, you know, you're, you're leaving Kucherov open in the slot. He's going to score every time. Um, mm -hmm. So every mistake is extremely costly. Um, and then everything's, you know, a lot quicker. Guys are making decisions quicker. Um, the pace of the game, uh, more skilled, more accurate, um, just guys are like like i said like in the ahl uh putting it through a triangle um you know looking one way passing the other guys are even better at that kind of stuff the defensemen are stronger physically so it's hard to hang on to pucks um you got to move the puck quicker things like that yeah i can imagine that that's i mean every every season or every level you're going to jump up to everything goes so, so much faster and so much stronger and, and it just yeah able to rise to that occasion i think is what is whether it's a youth hockey league or, or the pros you're talking about being able to make that jump. Um, you know, there's so many factors that is going to allow a kid to succeed when making that jump from skating to, to mind to speed of uh, hands and everything. So, yeah, um, exactly. What have you done in uh, this is going to, I'm going to kind of throw a random question out here. Uh, that's off our topics, but so when you're making those jumps, have you seen your game day prep change at all? Uh, from you know high school to college or college to pros or you know from Wilkes Bar to to Pittsburgh, is your game day prep one? What is it? And two, has that have you like grown that game day prep as you've uh, elevated through the levels? Um, yeah, I mean, I I'd say it's evolved for sure. It kind of um, I think most guys are pretty you know stick to their routines and stuff, but that I mean that's changed uh, changed quite a bit from what I eat to when I eat to what time I wake up, uh, kind of all those things. I think in college we used to like at home, we used to pregame skate at noon. So you could get up at nine 30, 10 o'clock, no problem rolling in the rink. And then we'd eat, uh, by the time you're done with skate, realistically, we're eating pregame meal, like one 30. Um, now I can't even imagine doing that. Like I'm eating at like 1130 if I can, and then heading home for a nap. Um, I guess, I mean, the gist of it's the same, right? You wake up, have breakfast, uh, you know, now we're fortunate to have it at the rink. So then get on the ice, skate, get off, eat, go home, go home, nap, come back to the, um, rink for the game. But I mean, as far as like, you know, I've changed what I eat, the times, 
Um, probably now I'd probably say spend a little less time on the ice and, and pregame skate um, than I used to. But, yeah, I mean, just kind of a lot of little things like that that kind of evolve over time and um, definitely a little different now than they used to be. What's your uh, – you said you changed what you eat. What's your pregame meal now? So now I just go uh, salad with kind of everything on it. So, I mean, cucumbers, tomatoes, onions, avocado, carrots, all that stuff, um, just olive oil. And then I'll go uh, pasta um, with a little bit of tomato sauce and salmon. And how long before the game do you eat? So usually for a 7 o'clock game, especially if we're at home, um, I'll eat at like 1130 on the road. We'll skate a little later. So sometimes we'll go back to the hotel till about noon, but try to eat as early as I can. Gotcha. 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 Uh, well, let me jump over outside of the NHL. Now you've had, you know, look, before we jumped on the call, we talked about it for a quick second. Uh, you've had the opportunity to represent your country a couple of different times at a couple of different levels. Um, I mean, what, walk me through what, what, uh, what tournaments you've played in for Latvia and kind of what your, your takeaways from those tournaments were from a development standpoint or from an experience standpoint. Um, and it just gives a little insight into what that's like represent, having an opportunity to represent your country. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I think my first, uh, first tournament was like under 18 world championships. Um, we were, it was actually in Riga, but it was lower division. I was probably 16, 16 years old at the time. And then, so I played in that. Then the next year I played in the top level and then a couple of years of world juniors. Um, so three years of world juniors. And then the last couple of years been world championships. And um, I mean, coming from Latvia, I think it's a little different. I think in all the, you know, world juniors under 18s, um, if we're in the top division, it's, it's a bit of a struggle because we're just trying to not get blown out. Basically we don't have that many players and usually, you know, a handful of players that are going to end up playing at a high level. So, I mean, at World Juniors, I remember my first year we were playing, uh, I think we lost like 12 to 2 to the U.S. Um, like, you know, we give up 10 goals a game a handful of times. So, I mean, I'd say it's not that those aren't fun, but a little bit in that sense. I think now in World Championships, it's um, we've kind of had some good runs. Obviously, you know, it's not easy for us to hold our own, but I think, you know, we're more or less competitive. Um, we, you know, if we do lose, it's a close game. Like, you know, the last, uh, two years ago, I mean, we took Canada and us into overtime. Um, so I think now like for, for the men's level, like we're able to put a team with some really good players together and, and be competitive. So it's a completely different feel and different vibe. And, um, our head coach now, Bob Hartley, obviously he's got a lot of experience in, in the NHL and now he's doing well in the KHL. So that, that's kind of helped turned around but I think overall like the the feel of the game is completely different it's it's a little weird going from like the small sheet to the big ice and with a lot of players that play in, in the European leagues and our team um the style is way different like they love setting up behind the net doing the control breakout uh, if they can't enter the zone clean they'll bring it back and kind of regroup and I think you're seeing a little bit more of that in the NHL especially you know kind of trying not to dump it in as much but um yeah, it's a completely different feel. Like penalty killing, it's it's really, really hard because you can be stuck out there for a long time. And um, there's so much room in the zone with the big ice that teams can just possess the puck, even not necessarily creating a lot of high chances. But definitely tires you out. Um, 
so yeah, it's a completely different feel, but I think now it's, it's, it's been fun the last couple of years playing world championships and being a part of that team, because I think, you know, we've been able to generate some positive momentum and, um, hockey is probably the most popular sport in Latvia. So everyone watches it. The fans are, you know, travel really, really well wherever we play. So it's fun to play in that environment. It's almost like a soccer game environment. They got the chants and the songs and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's unique. I think, you know, I really appreciate that. And, um, that's, that's a cool feeling playing in front of a crowd like that. So, it, I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun the last couple of years. That's great. You mentioned one thing that kind of sparked my interest there. You're talking about how, I mean, obviously Latvia is a much smaller country than the, and then Canada or the U S and, and the, the number of players coming up is, you know, vastly smaller than the numbers of, of youth players in, in the U S or Canada. Um, but yet, you know, at the national level, you're able to compete with some of the, you know, the traditional powerhouse teams, as a smaller country, you know, what is, what can you pinpoint of, of how, like, what have you guys done to be able to try to skate with some of those top teams and, and take them to overtime and, and compete against bigger, larger nations that have a, a bigger player pool to draw from? Yeah. Well, I, I think um, it's just kind of like discipline and, and play together. Um, you know, we don't have, we don't have very much star power, but we got great goaltending. Um, that's the biggest thing. And I think we just try to make it hard on them, be, be physical when we can, um, but stick together, have good layers defensively. You know, if one guy gets beat, you know, someone else is able to cover for him. Um, that's a big thing. Stay disciplined, like out of the box. Um, you know, don't go out on your own page or, you know, try to dangle or anything like that. Like, um, we've, you know, we've got players that are doing really well in the KHL, um, a couple NHL guys. So I think, if, you know, our power play has been usually pretty good. Um, so just kind of take advantage of our chances, a good goaltending, you know, defend hard, um, kind of all the little details and comes together. So, you know, hopefully we're able to get a good result. Absolutely. I love that. Like the first thing you talk about is discipline and that seems to fall by the wayside a little bit with like youth coaches and any coach really where they, when they're asked like, what are you doing differently though? They'll go right to X's and O's. But I, I do believe that it's important to, to talk about discipline and, and playing together, especially when it's on the, the level of playing for your country. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, switching gears just a little bit. I know this season's kind of, it's a little different than most. Uh, hopefully we get back. Hopefully you and the Penguins are able to get back on the ice because I was enjoying watching. I think I told you before this ended, I, I haven't missed many games. I love, I love watching you play and you're doing awesome stuff, but when, when the season is finally over and hopefully you get to, to go through the playoff runs and, and get a run at your first Stanley cup, but what, what would you do after the season? Like you want to take us through like, you know, season's over. Are you uh, putting your skates in the closet and coming back to them for a training camp? Are you, what, what kind of different things are you doing if it was more of a normal year? Yeah. I mean, if it was a normal year, like last year, um, after the season, I, probably put my skates away three, four weeks, um, travel a bit, uh, went back home, um, traveled a bit around Europe with my girlfriend, uh, just kind of got away from the game. And then once it was time, probably, so we lost first round. So that would have been like mid April we were done. And then, so I played world championships. So like mid May, I was done probably mid June. I started, you know, getting into the workouts again and, um, slowly skating, you know, when I start off probably, two, three times a week. And then, um, I like, I like to skate a lot in the summers. I think, you know, it's a good opportunity for me to, um, you know, get better, basically make up some ground. So I, I mean, 
towards probably mid to late July I was skating usually five times a week up here in Minneapolis and fortunately there's a lot of pros up here and a lot of coaches and you know skills or skating or whatever you need it's pretty easy to find so um, you know good resources that way so that helps and then yeah usually I'm in I'm in the gym Monday through Friday in the mornings and then skate some point in the afternoons um, and then that's pretty much do that the whole way all the way till training camp and then roll right in there I think that's probably kind of, uh, well, sorry to interrupt you, Danny. There. So, uh, that's probably a good takeaway for some of the younger players that, that are going to listen to this or that coaches is that, um, one, you're taking time away. It's not a 12-month-a-year thing, even though it's your, your job and your profession. Uh, so it's kind of healthy to, to take a mental break and a, and a physical break from the game. But um, I think what you're talking about, you know, you're in the gym Monday through Friday and you're on the ice just about every day. So even when you're outside of the season, it's – you're still preparing and you're still going hard. It's not just taking the entire summer off. And I think that's a learning lesson for a lot of younger players as they're trying to you know, figure out their game and how to prepare for tryouts. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the same goes, it's, you know, I might do it this way. There's a lot of other successful players that, you know, might work out on a different schedule, go three days a week or four days a week or whatever. So, I mean, it is kind of different for everyone. Some guys skate more, some guys skate a little less. It's, you know, you know, you need more like just power skating or more um, scrimmaging. It's kind of, you got to find like what you need and what, what works best. And um, there's no, you know, it's not really like a one size fits all. It's just kind of what over the last couple of summers, what I found that I like and that's worked pretty well for me, but that doesn't mean, you know, that won't change going forward or, you know, always try to make adjustments and try to improve your um, kind of regimen. For sure. When you're talking about like improving your game, when I, when I watch you play there, there's, it's pretty obvious that you can catch, you play in the middle of the ice, your centerman, you can catch pucks and your ability to catch that puck and then find that next play either to break it out or the way you enter the, the offensive zone is a big reason why you're able to play in the NHL. And so looking at that and looking at your game from a whole, what is something that you're going to focus in on this summer and say, okay, this is what I'm going to get better at. This is the skill that, isn't as good as my, you know, breaking out or entering zones and what's something that you're really going to focus on? Uh, yeah, I think the last couple of summers it's been skating and that's something I want to continue to stay on because the game just seems to get faster and faster and guys get quicker. And um, I mean, skating has never really been my strong suit. So to kind of smooth that out, be more efficient. Um, and I mean, I think a lot of, you know, the off ice stuff I do goes into that, just being in control of your body um, kind of being efficient with your movements, things like that to, to get the most out of your strides. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, a lot of little details like um, handling the pucks on walls, picking it up off the wall um, in a way where you can kind of feel where the other guy is on you when, when you're under pressure and, and see the next play as you're picking it up versus picking it up and then having to look because by that time it's, a lot of time it's too late if it's down low in the offensive zone, you're trying to pass out to the slot, you know, that split second, you know, your guy was open is gone now. Um, right. I, I think shooting, getting the shot off quicker um, when you're around the net kind of being able to corral the rebound and, and get it up as, as quick as you can. Um, just kind of, I think little, little offensive details like that, that'll hopefully help me, you know, produce a bit more. Good goals for the offseason. Let me uh, 
let's see if you can give, give a little advice to some of the listeners here. So if you, things that you've taken away from coaches at the different level, if you're, if you're speaking directly to a youth hockey player that's somewhere around that like uh, 14 to 18 range, maybe into juniors, and they're trying to make that jump to the next level or just improve their game at the level they're at. Uh, can you give any advice to that, that younger player um, either from yourself or, or some advice you've received from coaches through the years that's helped you? Uh, I mean, I think it's a little tough to, to generalize cause everyone's different and guys need to work on different things. But I think, you know, the, the one big thing I took away is like when we talked about earlier, my time in Mankato is, um, early on when I was struggling and I think, you know, I was struggling to figure out why. And, um, probably the biggest thing I learned from Mike Hastings is, um, you know, he, at the time he was kind of giving it to me pretty good and, um, I mean, Danny, you know how he is, you know, he's calling you in his office. You got individual meetings and telling you how bad he's playing. And he, he told me, you know, you can look at this one of two ways. You can either say, you know, Mike Hastings is screwing me over or I'm not playing well enough for him to um, be happy with my game and I'm not doing things well enough. And I think that was kind of like a little bit of a turning point for me when I realized that, you know, this is what I want to do and just fully commit to it and kind of, um, my priority was hockey, you know, every time I could get out there in the mornings on, you know, um, just before practice, go out there early, work on shooting, skating, whatever it can be. I just, I think every day I made sure that, um, just outwork everyone else on the team around me. And, uh, I think over time kind of slowly started to see the results. And as that kind of happens, you generate some positive momentum, gain some confidence, as you get better and then you see the results in games over time, I think. Um, so that was kind of the biggest thing is, you know, I think a lot of times in hockey, especially when you're not doing well, you can find a lot of excuses. I mean, same goes for life, right? Things aren't, you know, your line mate isn't finding you. Um, coach is screwing you over with ice time. Um, you know, you name it, like whatever it can be. But I think, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. And when you look in the mirror, you got to find – you know, find what you can do better because there's always something you could do better versus blame someone else or something else like that. So that was kind of, you know, at that age when I was 18, 19 years old, that was kind of a big turning point for me. And, um, you know, something that I'm really thankful for in the end that, you know, at the time I, I probably, you know, I, I should say I hated Hastings and thought, thought he was kind of screwing me over. But I think looking back on it now, I'm very fortunate that and, you know, thankful to him for kind of teaching me that and, um, you know, sticking with me, you know, till the end of my career there at Mankato. Absolutely. And I think he would agree with that as far as like him being hard on guys and um, the idea and what I love that he talked about is always that you need to master the level that you're at. And with you coming in uh, with a big name, second round draft pick, like most guys be like, all right, two years here. Uh, not getting my playing time, not getting what I want type of thing. And I, I'm going to get out of here. But the idea that you stuck with it, and I would say that you mastered college hockey to the point where uh, I think you were like first team all WCHA and, and different awards like that. And um, you had a few NCAA tournaments and uh, the idea of sticking with it to me was something that very special, um, very special characteristic of you. And so the advice that I, that I think you're giving it is that, that idea is that like, you need to stick with it. You need to get out there early. You need to, you need to work on your game and don't make excuses. And like you said, um, Hastings with the influx of NHL players that are now coming from Minnesota state, 
it's obvious that what, whatever he's doing and however he's working with, with you guys and, and the other guys that have played in the NHL, it's, it's definitely working. And you're, you're lucky. You might not have known at the time, um, but the idea that you had him as a coach and you had really good coaches at Shattuck and now you have one of the best coaches at, in Pittsburgh. And so when you look at that, do you have any advice just from being around some of these coaches that, that you would ever want to pass on to youth hockey coaches or um, junior hockey coaches and kind of that, those different levels? Uh, I mean, as far as coaches, maybe, maybe I mean, that's a bit of a tough one, but. Um, yeah. Maybe just I, like I mean, what, what worked for you? Like, like this coach, you talked about Hastings a little bit and how he was hard on you. Uh, were there anything else that you're like, yeah, that, that was good. This helped me get through this and or different advice. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like with coaches, I think, and this can change. Like I think with Hastings is kind of like maybe developed over time, like closer, like my junior senior year. But I feel like when I, when I feel that a coach like believes in me and, and trust kind of trust me out there, I feel like, you know, I'm willing to kind of run through a wall for that guy because he's kind of putting himself on the line for me almost. And um, I'm, I feel like somehow mentally, you know, I'm, I'm when I feel that kind of like positive energy, it's, it's kind of a weird thing that I can't really explain. But when I feel that kind of positive energy from the coach that kind of like, makes me think like, okay, like this guy is kind of, you know, put me out there like in these like big situations, important situations, like he's trusting me. Like I got to make sure I, I deliver for him. Like um, it can be as simple as like, you know, we're, uh, we're up one and there's like a minute left face off in our zone. And um, you know, he, you know, I'm the first guy he looks to to go out there and, and defend the lead or something like that. That's when it's like, like, you know, I want that responsibility from him. And when I, when I get it, it's like, I got to really make sure I dial it in and, and, you know, um, get it done kind of for him. So that's, that's kind of a, you know, when I find I'm at my best with coaches, but I think other than that, I mean, yeah, I've, I've had some different coaches over time and for the most part, they've been really good. But I think the biggest thing is um, that I appreciate that it's like, if you know if you're not doing well, if you're not struggling, he's not afraid to um, pull you aside or, or give you like an honest assessment. And you know, like if, if you're getting scratched, he's not just making up some excuse where you know you know we got to rotate someone in or you know just just tell me straight up. You know, you, you played soft, you you did this wrong. You know, you you cost us a goal, so that's why you know you're sitting out or like something like that. I think that that goes a long way in terms of like. Um, not sugarcoating stuff and honesty and, and just being, you know, it might not be something you want to hear at the time, but I think those are the things you need to hear in order to improve and, and not let them happen again. Yes. I think again, just like uh, just your character and the idea that most people, when they, when they get asked that or youth coaches, they say, well, I'm hard on kids and I make them better. But the first thing that you went to right away was just if the coach believes in you, if the coach has that, um, relationship with you that, Hey, you know what penalty kill. We always know Teddy Bluger's first one out the door to go, go kill that penalty or power player or whatever it is and whatever level you're at. And I know that that definitely built up with you with your time at Minnesota state. And then in the NHL level, do, does it kind of carry over into that? Do you have a lot of one-on-one -on -one meetings with your coach? Does he, does he have a lot of time for you? Does he, or what's that type of relationship look like from in the NHL level? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a little bit different. It's not, um, 
you don't really have a lot of one-on-one time with him. Um, it's more the assistants or, you know, we're fortunate to have a bunch of guys or, you know, that are working for the team. You know, we got Matt Cullen who, who's, you know, watching all the games he comes in and, um, I was fortunate enough to get to play with him for a little bit. So, so I know him a little bit better. So I'm, you know, pretty comfortable like going to him for advice or just talking to him. So it's more kind of guys like that, that are um, in a sense, like relaying the message of where you're at or giving their own advice. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not, not like one-on-one meetings, you know, if, if some, whatever happens, like usually, unless it's probably really, really bad. Sully's probably not pulling you aside um yeah to talk to you but i think you still kind of like during the play like you still i don't know it's this weird thing you still have a feeling of like you know where where you sit with him kind of and even if he doesn't necessarily like verbally communicate with him you just have a feel for it so um there's times where you know you feel like your ice time's going down you feel that he's not happy with you and you know that that that's not easy to kind of get out of it, but other times when you have that positive momentum and you're playing well and you, and you feel his kind of confidence in you, that's, um, I think that's probably when you're playing some of your best hockey. Yeah. I think the, the player coach relationship is such a dynamic thing and it's so different for every player and for every coach. But, you know, I think the one takeaway, you know, with me being a coach, the one takeaway that I think uh, I grab out of that, what you just said is that, you know, it really comes down to a lot of like trust and confidence in the relationship between the, the player and the coach. And a lot of that comes from transparency and honesty. And, and if the player is going to trust in that coach and that you're making the right decision and that it's going to relay that info, um, you know, in a truthful way to the, and not play games with the players, I think that they're going to be willing to play. And I think that's, that's, that's a, a key coaching concept that translates down from, you know, where you're at now at the top, top of the game to, to down into, you know, beginning, squirt peewee bantam hockey so i think that's a takeaway for the coaches listening about developing that relationship with the player you don't always have to be the the dictator on the ice and practice and stuff but developing that that relationship with the players that they want to buy in and play for you is a a key piece um yeah well teddy i appreciate all your time here today we'll 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 wrap this thing up so you can get back to your uh your off season here and uh hit the yeah. uh, hit the salad bar and hit the weights and keep keep rolling but yeah. uh no but with uh with that i appreciate you coming on um for sure i think i think obviously the biggest place is i mean watch this guy on the ice number 53 for the pittsburgh penguins he's he's only getting better and it's fun to watch and it's it's always cool when when you can see someone that you've known uh have the success like you're having so we appreciate you man and, and if you have any final thoughts or anything like that um now would kind of be that time for you if you want anything you, you want to say at all uh, I mean, other than that, other than what we've talked about, not really. I think that's all I got for the most part. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. One thing we asked our guests at the end, if we're, cause with, with our name being the let's go hockey podcast, if you could kind of just give us a, Hey, Hey, let's go. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Let's we go. appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks for your time. And we'll, we'll stay connected for sure. Yeah. Sounds good. No problem guys. Thanks Teddy. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny behind the scenes here at the Let's Go Hockey Podcast. Just wanted to let all of you know that that interview with Teddy Bluger was brought to you by HockeyWolf.com. Please go check out HockeyWolf.com, online retailer for skate and sticks, everything you need for the game of hockey. For all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, please also check out Hockey Wolf's team sale program. Make sure that your team gets everything they need 
every time they hit the ice. That's H-O-C-K-E-Y-W-O-L-F.com. Please go check them out and support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That was awesome. Teddy, thank you for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. I know, you know, life is busy and you're, you're, you're training and, but taking a few minutes out of your day, uh, the time to talk to us today and, and impart some knowledge to the listeners was, was fantastic. So pre- we really appreciate that. Danny, what do you say? You appreciate that too? I know you do. It was unbelievable. Absolutely. It was, I mean, times are busy. So we, we appreciate that big time. Yeah. Well, let's, let's jump right into our three, three takeaways, our three stars of the game. Um, so from Mr. Teddy Bluger, Pittsburgh Penguins, my third star, you know, he talked about his uh, relationship with some of his coaches and how he, it really helped him excel uh, when that relationship was built on, on truth and trust and really having the coach believe in him. So I think that was a huge takeaway for um, the youth hockey coaches uh, about just having belief in their players and supporting them. And, you know, that means that they can still push those players, but, but doing it in, in a way that develops a, a healthy relationship. I think that's key, key part of, of, of coaching. Um, second star for the night, you know, when we talked about playing for, for team Latvia, the first thing he mentioned was discipline, you know, Latvia in some of those world games and, and Olympics are a little bit of an underdog with a smaller player pool and playing against the bigger, bigger traditional powerhouse countries. And the first thing he goes to is, is the discipline of play. And I think that translates to every level of hockey. If, you know, you, whether you have the star power or you don't, uh, being able to play a disciplined game once you get on the ice and have a plan and sticking to it, uh, can, that's when you can compete against teams that uh, on paper might be a little bit harder to skate with. So I think that was a huge takeaway. Danny, what did you have for, uh, for the first star of the night? The first star of the night for Mr. Teddy Bluger was something that is super important for all hockey players, youth, junior, college, uh, all the way up into the NHL, because when we asked him what he needs to work on and what he's going to focus on this this summer, it wasn't, oh, I'm going to get a better one-timer from the slot, or I'm going to work on my sauce pass, or I'm going to work on my flippy flop, whatever, duker, pooper, duder thingy, but he, uh, he talked about skating. It was a good move. That is a good move, but he... <laughs> He talked about skating and he said that, and it was interesting. And I know we laughed about it after was that this NHL hockey player is saying he's not a very good skater or wasn't his strong suit. And so it's, it's definitely something to take away. And it's why it is why it's our first star is the idea that doesn't matter what level you at, that if you can't skate, it's going to be hard for you to play the game. And so let that be a lesson to any coach, hockey player, any person, part of our game, you need to work on your skating. You need to work on your edge work, stride development, edges, inside, outside, all those things. And so that's that's our first star of the week. And so, again, we, we appreciate you, Teddy Bluger. Um, before we hang this up, we do want to give one more shout-out to Gel Sticks, the number one trading aid in hockey, over 80-plus NHLers, 20-plus Division One hockey schools are using these things. They're the real deal. Like I said, they're they're an actual hockey stick where you can flex and, and shoot with it and it forces you to follow through on your shot. And so you, you get away from that youth hockey, you want to flip the puck and hit it bar down type of thing. So check them out, gelsticks.com, uh, at gelsticks on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. But before you're done with our podcast, if you liked what you heard, please hit the like button, subscribe on whatever platform that you listen to so you can get us weekly here at the Let's Go Hockey Podcast. And Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Let's Go Hockey Podcast. We'll be pumping out a lot of content, sound bites, 
uh, quotes and different information on where you can find us. So without further ado, we're, we're excited for next week and we're excited for the interviews to come. So let's go. Yeah. Let's keep this thing rolling. And, and with that too, if you want to, if you have any specific questions for any of our guests or for, for heater, I, to address in upcoming podcasts, uh, shoot those over to us at, at our, at our new uh, Instagram page. Let's go hockey podcast. Um, but with that, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. All right, everybody. That's another episode of the let's go hockey podcast. If you've been enjoying it, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. And we'd love to know you're out there and also go support our sponsors, hockeywolf.com go check them out get everything you need on and off the ice that's hockeywolf.com and our other sponsor that danny mentioned at the beginning of the show gel sticks sports right now to all listeners of the let's go hockey podcast gel sticks is offering 20 percent off your next order just go to the website gelstx.com and use the promo code let's go that's l-e-t-s-g-o for 20% off your order. Guys, this is an awesome deal. Please go check out gelsticks.com. Get the best weighted training aids in the game and let's go.